When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. How we doing, everybody? Gonna be getting into the thick of things here as I continue with the NFL fantasy football breakdown been going through the sleepers now it's time to look at the folks that realistically would be the busts and you know this would be a case where yes is is there a potential that things work out for them but I would strongly urge you carefully Think about what you're doing when you're drafting some of these players because I look at these as the potential uh, players with the most potential of just tanking your fantasy season. So, without much further ado, uh, let's get right down to it because uh, the the guys I want to and it's it's going to be a uh, two for one situation here, but uh, we're going to get uh, right into uh, the players to avoid uh, with. None other than T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. So why the hate on T.Y., you're going to ask? It basically comes down to the simple fact that I still have extreme reservations about Andrew Luck. And where T.Y. Hilton's being drafted in the high second round basically banks on him being a top 10 wide receiver, which is a very... Uh, dangerous assumption to make in my opinion you know Hilton's getting a year older and speed is his uh, primary uh, method of getting open the fact that Andrew Luck so far and all the evidence we've had for the preseason has been uh, focusing on pretty much intermediary routes nothing beyond uh, 12 uh, yards he's not really cutting it the way and maybe it's a case where they're still playing it slow so they don't want to show everything but it's not a promising sign that you know with his reworked mechanics that he's not pushing the envelope uh to start the season so again while hilton has all the ability in the world won't mean a damn if uh luck can't get the ball to him and you know Say what you will about Brissett, even though he wasn't very accurate uh, on deep balls, he at least got it out there. So I, I kind of need to see more out of Hilton 
uh, well, uh, rather, I need to see more out of Luck because we uh, we know Hilton should still be able uh, to break uh, break coverages open. But you know, you do start losing a little bit of a step uh, once you uh, start uh, hitting the thirty range, and you know, for a case like uh, Hilton who relies on the speed, this is a bit of a uh, dangerous spot because. Hilton, while he's not 30 yet, he's been in the league a number of years, uh, and it's not as though you get that much faster. Uh, I, I think there's more likely a case that you see a regression, and if Luck is unable to throw him open and hit him on uh, some of those uh, deep passing routes, I, I got a lot of reservation uh, because uh, you know some of the plays T.Y. was able to make last year was that he was able to split defenders with his speed, I'm not entirely sold that that's going to be able to be duplicated again this season, especially if Luck isn't able to make the strides uh, to improve his deep ball passing uh, coming off of his shoulder injury, uh, which required two surgeries. So, again, I got a number of reservations about the Colts, uh, but especially T.Y. Hilton since he's going to be the first Colt taken off the board. And conversely, because I laid out all those reasons, Andrew Luck is the next guy I'm talking about here. Uh, you know, again, for Luck, you know, could he be the future of the NFL in a couple of years? Yeah, but at the end of the day, we're trying to focus on uh, the upcoming fantasy football season, and I have more questions than answers on Luck. And the fact that Luck is still being drafted uh, as a top five QB is mind boggling to me. Uh, to me, Andrew Luck should not be going any earlier than the 10th round in most drafts. I, I, I definitely feel as though Andrew Luck has to be a double digit QB selection and it's just not happening in fantasy drafts. People are banking on the fact that he's going to be fully healthy and we haven't seen it yet. Uh, that's a, very high par- price to pay given the m- number of skill positions you could fill uh, uh, without reaching for a quarterback. The fact that people are taking a quarterback uh, early and still not being a surefire hit at QB, uh, I mean, it's not even worth the risk of drafting luck within uh, the first 100 picks. It, it doesn't make any sense. You, uh, you'd be far better off uh, waiting and drafting a guy like Stafford than taking uh, luck that early. It, you know, I, I, I could not disagree with people more who are drafting luck uh, that early. Uh, you, there's not nearly enough empirical evidence yet from uh, his, uh, his uh, recent uh, showings in the preseason to justify his draft position at the moment. And because of that, I can't uh, take any stock in T.Y. Hilton either because if Luck's not throwing the ball deep down the field, then what's the point of having T.Y. Hilton as uh, a top wide receiver pick? uh, Hilton's got to go way down the board, and that's not happening either. People are uh, describing this as a potential revitalization campaign for Hilton being a top five receiver, which, again, is just way, way too optimistic. So... Uh, passing on both uh, those players.
Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Another guy that I have reservations about, but is still going to be one you're going to take in the second round, at least, if not earlier, is Melvin Gordon. Uh, the issue with Melvin Gordon is, even though he's getting a ton of volume, the efficiency still isn't quite there yet. I mean, he's in all three uh, of his seasons so far, he's been under four yards to carry. And while he's still going to get opportunities in San Diego because uh, a guy like Eckler, Austin Eckler, is still too small to be an every down back, uh, the Chargers are going to afford Gordon every opportunity uh, to succeed at, at the NFL level. He has shown that he can be productive, but it takes a ton of attempts. So I look at this as a case where if anyone uh, shows glimpses of productivity, uh, because Gordon, much like uh, LaShawn McCoy, tends to get nicked up uh, throughout the year. Uh, When Gordon starts missing time uh, just due to injury, uh, I... I have my reservations. If anyone breaks out, that we could be in a definite timeshare situation. And Gordon in a timeshare situation is an absolute nightmare because, again, he's not efficient enough with his actual attempts as is. He needs a ton of volume to put up running back one numbers. Uh, So Gordon, to me, is uh, a case where he's definitely going to be a running back too, but – as a floor, but, uh, you know, his chances of being, uh, putting up running back one numbers, I, I think it's a little bit iffy ju- just given the fact of where he's being, uh, drafted as, uh, the back end of the first round beginning of the second round. Uh, there's chances where he could easily go sideways. So, uh, that is someone I definitely have, uh, concerns about as well. Another guy that realistically, I don't think should be getting drafted nearly as much as he is at the at, at the position he is, is Marshawn Lynch. Uh, you know, Lynch is 32 at this point, is not a pass catcher. You know, in standard scoring leagues, you can get away with that, but in half-point PPR and, and full PPR, it's an absolute nightmare. Uh, you know, it's not going to improve under John Gruden because – John Gruden signed Doug Martin for that reason. Doug Martin's going to be the pass-catching back because Marshawn is not really, that's not his forte. The The issue with Marshawn is that when is Beast Mode going to come out? Uh, you know, there was a time when the Beast Mode would be coming out at least uh, a dozen times a year in, in games and just destroying folks. But, you know, if we're, we're being honest with ourselves here, uh, this is a case where, uh, Lynch pretty much is coming to the end of his career. Uh, Oakland doesn't owe him anything after this season. So 
I'm not sold that uh, this is a case where Martin is actually going to take the job uh, as the season moves along. So uh, this could be something of a running back committee from the outset wherein Martin eventually takes the job. So I'm avoiding Lynch if at all possible. Uh, unless somehow I just go full wide receiver heavy early on, uh, I, I can't see a scenario where I I would ever have Marshawn Lynch on my, on my fantasy teams this year. So, again, another player uh, I have distinct question marks about. Moving on, and this one's an easy one uh, just because the, the news uh, – finally came out, but uh, Alshon Jeffrey of the Eagles, you know, he's going to be out uh, first couple of weeks of the season anyway due to his shoulder injury, but even before then, it was going to be a question mark, you know, how uh, things were going to progress just because he played with a bad shoulder all year last year, won the Super Bowl, and then got his shoulder surgery, but the question mark has always been how long can Jeffrey actually stay healthy? Uh, he got his big money contract with the Eagles uh, at, at the end of the uh, – before uh, – well, it was during the playoff run last year. But, you know, I'm not entirely sold on the fact that uh, Jeffrey is going to somehow magically improve uh, as he gets older in his career. He's always missed a, a, num- a number of games uh, – throughout the NFL season. So I think this is par for the course. So the fact that his uh, draft stock was where it was, I, you know, I just didn't see how he could have been in the 60s uh, to begin with. So now he's actually uh, dropping like a rock because people know he's going to be out uh, first couple of weeks of the season. But yet still, I know people are going to start talking up Alshon Jeffrey as someone to stash in your draft, and I'm not entirely buying that one either. Uh, just because it, uh, this is a case where the Eagles' offense is so balanced, uh, I feel far more comfortable with Nelson Aguilar uh, as a, the wide receiver option as opposed to Jeffrey, who could be in and out of the lineup the entire year. And, you know, because he uh, his injury history tends to linger on longer than most players. I'm not even sure how healthy that shoulder is going to be throughout the season. So uh, I'm definitely not going to be sticking my neck out for him uh, come draft day uh, in leagues. Now that uh, the news is official, he's going to be out for multiple weeks. The next culprit on the board here is Jimmy Graham of the Packers. You know, Green Bay got uh, Graham over from Seattle, and I'm kind of scratching my head here uh, because I think uh, this was a case of Aaron Rodgers complaining about the Packers letting Jordan Nelson go, so they try to placate him by bringing in Jimmy Graham uh, via trade. But, you know, the his, historical evidence kind of shows it. I know people were talking up uh, some of the passes that they had in the preseason, but, you know, the history of the position shows that Aaron Rodgers doesn't really throw the tight ends that much. I, I, I very much view this as a similar situation to Seattle with Russell Wilson. It, they use tight ends sparingly. They'll throw to him occasionally, 
but it's not going to be a high volume just because of the way they operate and move around in the pocket to extend plays. You know, tight ends usually aren't the ones getting that wide open. Yes, it'll happen on uh, plays uh, here and there, like you saw with Richard Rodgers in the playoffs against Dallas, but, you know, overall, uh, long-term, you know, I just don't see uh, a ton of value coming out of the wide receiver, I mean, uh, out of the tight end position. So, I mean, if you look at the numbers, since 2012, the 15th uh, tight end uh, ranked uh, basically like uh, in terms of uh, average uh, league-wide tight ends in uh, PPR, they're averaging eight points a game. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, tight ends uh, since 2012 with Rodgers, they average uh, less than nine points a game. Uh, so, I mean, pretty much, you know, even though Aaron Rodgers is an elite QB, the Packers were right around league average. I don't see this tremendously spiking because of Jimmy Graham. Uh, the highest guy was uh, Jermichael Finley uh, back in 2013, who's averaging 12 points a game. Uh, you had Jared Cook last year. And Martellus Bennett, who were both under eight points a game. You know, I look at this as a case where, yes, Jimmy Graham has shown that he can catch touchdown passes. But being a touchdown dependent player is not something that warrants a top uh, 60 draft pick. And that's where Jimmy Graham's going. Uh, you know, I if I, if I were going to. Uh, do that I, I mean realistically it's just like drafting it because I, I think it's cool that Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham are uh, playing together but you know from a reality based standpoint like uh, the numbers kind of bear out that uh, for the Packers offense it's going to be wide receiver driven as opposed to tight end driven you know I don't really see a lot of value with Jimmy Graham I, I think people are buying into the hype uh, potential that you can get with Jimmy Graham thinking that they can duplicate the Saints offense but the Saints offense and the Packers offense are two completely different beats uh, so I don't really see where uh, the value is coming out of uh, Jimmy Graham as a fantasy option this year I, I think it's more hype driven than anything else so I am going to be passing on that entirely Coming up with another tight end, we've got Jordan Reed of uh, the Redskins. Now, here's the problem with Reed. When he's around, phenomenal tight end. Problem is, he's hardly ever around. Y you know, he can't stay on the field. And it's been proven year after year after year. You know... The issue is, is that he's a top four tight end when healthy. I think he's an even better tight end than Jimmy Graham when healthy. But he's never healthy for a full season. You'll be lucky if you get eight games out of him. So if you're drafting uh, Jordan Reed or Tyler Eifert, you're going to need to draft another tight end. And tight end as a position doesn't score enough points. I'd rather just... Wait around, take Delaney Walker as a boring pick in 
round eight or round seven and call it a day. I mean, to me, there's no need to uh, push the envelope and take Jimmy Graham when production-wise, he's going to be pretty much the same as Kyle Rudolph, who's also touchdown dependent. And Kyle Rudolph uh, is uh, projected to be going in rounds eight and nine in uh, fancy drafts. So, again, why am I going to be reaching uh, two to three rounds early for Jimmy Graham for the same production I can get with a couple other t- uh, touchdown dependent tight ends? It doesn't really uh, jive with me. So, uh, I think that's another one where the media is pumping it up because you got to superstar type players but the reality situation is that jimmy graham i think the league has kind of figured out what he likes to do and how to neutralize it so i can't see uh much of a return to form uh from the his days with the saints okay moving on jeez i i i i you know uh Sammy Watkins. It's just like, uh, the less said, the better. But, you know, every year, folks keep talking about Sammy Watkins' speed. They keep citing, like, how great he was in Clemson. And if he can just find the right spot in the NFL and everything's going to click and uh, take off. And, you know, year after year, we see the exact same thing. Watkins always hurt, not on the field, or the injury report comes out and he's questionable to be uh, playing in the game. You know, it just doesn't seem to end with Watkins. So I, I look at it as a case where, you know, for fantasy purposes alone, Sammy Watkins is too unreliable to ever be drafted as a wide receiver uh you know someone's gonna take him but the fact of the matter is is that you know there is not much difference between Sammy Watkins and Mike Wallace both have a ton of speed both are brittle as it gets uh you know it's like a wrapping a car around a pole you know it can go real fast but it can wreck real good too. So I am not, I, I, you know, good luck to anyone drafting Sammy Watkins. That's all I can say. Cause you're going to need it. I, I, I've seen the story play out way too many times. It's just not worth it. And I've, to be honest, I feel like I've already wasted more air than needed talking about Sammy Watkins and he's going to be, Ah, forget it. I'm moving on. All right, next guy up, uh, Jordy Nelson of the Raiders. Now, I feel as though folks are drafting Jordy because of not even noticing that he's no longer on the Packers. But, you know, the fact that Jordy got released by the Packers, ended up on the Raiders, this is not really a good situation because while Michael Crabtree excelled as a possession receiver with Oakland, Jordy's game, I don't think really translates the same way Crabtree's game does. 
I look at Jordy playing the exact same role as Amari Cooper. So, in reality, the situation, Jordy could be a wide receiver too. The problem is that the Raiders invested a lot of money in, uh, I mean, a lot of uh, resources into Amari Cooper. So, unless John Gruden's willing to blow things up completely, and Gruden is crazy enough that he will, but I still think Cooper is going to be featured as the number one wide receiver. And I think Jordy and Cooper play the exact same role. Uh, I, I just don't see this ending well. Plus, with Jordy's uh, uh, knee injury two years ago, he wasn't quite the same player. Maybe he get, uh, looks a little bit faster than he was last year uh, just because he's uh, going to feel a little bit more confident with the knee. But, you know, this leans more towards uh, along the lines of, you know, go with the younger, faster player in Cooper, even though I don't really have a lot of faith in Cooper. The only reason why I didn't put him on this list is because I I think folks are drafting Nelson thinking he's going to supplant Cooper. And, you know, if this was a year ago, yeah, I, I could have made an argument that it, it, it's possible. But, you know, it's another year, and I'm, I, I just think that the fact that the Packers were willing to let Nelson go was more of a sign of how they viewed uh, him going forward in his career. And I, I think it's just as a case where he's going to end up being uh, no more than a slot receiver uh, because of uh, the lack of speed he's going to have on the outside. But the Raiders are going to find that out one way or another. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, jeez, uh, <laughs> these are some ugly, ugly. <laughs> just, uh, all right, so Derrick Henry. <sighs> you know, if, if it was just from looks alone, Derrick Henry would be one of the top running backs you would select in any draft. However, looking at Derrick Henry's running style, he falls down like a sack of bricks every time. You know, yards after contact, not exactly his strong suit. What he does best is the fact that, you know, as long as no one gets a real good hit on him and he can bounce off of someone, he has the speed to break a bounce to the outside and take it to the house. He's done that a couple of times each season, which gives people false hope. The problem is, is that in the NFL, that doesn't really happen all that often. So once it comes down to the fact that he actually has to run between the tackles and get crucial yards when needed, he is basically a three yards per carry back. And it's just not going to work, you know. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Tennessee went out and got Deion Lewis. Because Deion Lewis, still in limited production with the Pats, averaged five yards to carry. And it didn't matter if he uh, was uh, contacted. He was uh, top three in the league in terms of yards after contact. You know, it's not the fact that De- uh, Deion Lewis is going to be a third down back. I think Deion Lewis is going to end up taking that job from Derrick Henry if Derrick Henry doesn't put up numbers in the first month of the season. 
So folks can draft Derrick Henry. I just wish them luck because I think Deion Lewis is a more complete back already. And I think Derrick uh, uh, Henry is at risk of getting exposed very early in the season. So this could be one of those cases where you get uh, he's high up on the list of overall bust potential to becoming a non-starter by week uh, uh, week 12 uh, in the fantasy uh, football. So, you know, I, I look at it as a case of, you know, it's not worth the effort. I know Derek Henry's going to get drafted, but I, I just look at this as a case where Deion Lewis is going to take that job at some point. It's, it's not a matter of if, in my opinion. It's just when. Finally, in terms of guys to avoid at all costs, we got Jay Ajayi. And here's the issue with Ajayi. It's not that he's bad. It's just the fact that the Eagles have no intention of making anyone the feature back in the offense. The Eagles love their formations. And one of the things that comes out of it is that you have to be versatile in terms of the personnel packages. So while Ajayi has some packages, so does Corey Clement. So does the returning Darren Sproles, who was injured last year. You got a number of backs that are going to have carries with the Rock. I don't think there's any running back on the Eagles that's going to have 20 touches in any game this year. I'd be shocked, in fact, if that actually happened. You know, the bottom line is that they're going to do a lot of two tight end sets, but they're going to actually opt uh, option out of the run. You're going to see Wentz carry the ball. I mean, th- this is the problem. It You know, it, when you run an RPO-based offense with the run-pass option, you're going to have running downs that end up becoming passing downs because they're going to make a read at the line of scrimmage. You know, it's, again, this is not a case of bearing a Jai because I think Derrick Henry's a, f- a far less efficient running back but even Derrick Henry's in a better spot than Ajayi. I, I think Ajayi is a guy where, in Miami, he could put up ridiculous numbers. And while the Eagles uh, gave up uh, uh, draft picks for him, they value him as a runner. But they're not going to let him be the man in that offense. You know, they won the Super Bowl last year because they could uh, throw out different sets against the Pats, and the Pats had no answer for it. You know, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, Bill Belichick still made one of the dumbest decisions ever by benching Malcolm Butler. But be that as it may, the running game of the Eagles was near unstoppable because they could do so many different formations, and the fact that they keep rotating out bodies. So, you have a tough time catching up with it. So, again, it's a victim of circumstance where Ajayi won't be able to show off all of his skills because of how the team is set up. You know, that's not our problem for fantasy football. Uh, The bottom line is, for fantasy football purposes, we got to figure out a way of evaluating personnel that's going to be putting up points consistently week to week. That is not going to be the case with the Eagles. 
you know, the only running back that I think you can draft realistically is Clement just because he uh, can also do uh, more pass catching uh, than Ajayi and is more going to be more durable than Sproles, who's going to get banged up. Sproles is, uh, this is uh, last year for Sproles. It's just that he didn't want to end his career with a season-ending injury the way it happened last year. But Sproles is still going to get carries this year. Uh, I I just look at this as a case where, you know, even Clement is still going to go before any, any point where I'd be interested in taking him. So, uh, I would avoid this running back situation as well. Uh, you know, again, uh, similar to what's going on with Detroit, too many guys uh, in one system, it's not going to end up, end up well. But because of how often I see Ajayi uh, being drafted, you know, I got to make a case to say, tell folks to avoid at all costs, but you know, I know he's still going to get drafted anyway. It's just one where it's like you're setting yourself up for disappointment uh, if you do pick him up. So that's what I've got in terms of players to avoid. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the breakdown of uh, how to look at average draft position coming up, as well as the overall uh, rankings for. Uh, fantasy football this upcoming season so stay tuned to the future episodes of the fantasy throwdown podcast have a good one folks it's the most talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.